All right. We will uh, also post the 30 or so minutes of Jeff and Jordan talking about the junior day visitors tomorrow morning on the Texas Sports Unfiltered YouTube page. So if you missed that conversation, we'll uh, post it as a standalone video on our YouTube channel, which is another reason for you to subscribe to Texas Sports Unfiltered. And I'm sure those guys will have everything over at Horns 24-7, and they'll be back on Monday to recap all of the happenings from campus on Monday. BK, I am pained by something that slipped through the cracks of our observational skills. That was a golden opportunity for us that we completely whiffed on yesterday. Oh, do tell. The Rangers caravan was passing through town and stopped at Round Rock with some uh, John Gray was there representing Rangers players. I think there was an announcer there too. And they had the freaking World Series trophy there. We could have gone and taken a picture with the World Series trophy. How does no one tell us this? I don't know. Hey, Almanderas, I'm calling you out. Come on, dude. You yeah. got to let us know. Love, love Chris and the crew over there, but that's a damn shame. That's a dang coaching mistake by them. I'm not taking any of the blame for that because I didn't know it happened. <laughs> I'm sure I could have easily figured out that it was happening, but I, they should have told us. Uh, I don't know if my Twitter, like I follow the Rangers. I follow the Round Rock Express. Me too. How did I not see that on Twitter? I don't know. Was it a big crowd out there? Could you tell? It's a huge crowd. Yeah, they just won the fucking World Series. Yeah. Oh, they brought the Sooner to Austin. Really? John Gray? Instrumental. We overlooked the Sooner bit. He was instrumental in this team winning a World Series last Boy. year. I, I hope uh, Rodney Terry wasn't there because that could have gotten bad. <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. I, I said I was going to let it go. I'm not going to let it go for a long time. I, I'm still hot and bothered by the post-game handshake line of a random Big 12 basketball game in the month of January. We are, we, uh, it's been one day since a UT coach has overreacted to the horns down bit. So therefore we, whoa, what just happened <laughs> we, here. There you go. We, no. we heard you throughout that entire monologue, but we did not see you, which we are radio guys after all. So maybe that's for the best. I just plugged the power into my computer, so maybe that affects the video stream for a second. Huh. But uh, yeah, it's been one day since a UT coach has flipped out about the horns down bit unnecessarily, meaning that we get at least, uh, you know how when the groundhog appear, uh, appears or doesn't appear and sees its shadow, it affects how much more winter we're supposed to get? Well, that same yeah. thing happens with Texas coaches and the horns down bit that if a Texas coach overreacts about it, it's at least 10 more years of people going excessive with the horns down bit when we're playing them. What's that guy's name? Patches O'Houlihan Phil or something? The, the, oh God, I can't even. You just broke my brain with that one. Punxsutawney Phil, Punxsutawney Pina, Phil, Punxsutawney Phil. Pina Colada Phil. Yeah, Colada Phil. Pinocchio <laughs> Phil. Oh, man, what a bit that is. That's coming up soon, right? Didn't Groundhog Day at the start of February? Yeah, it's such horseshit, too, although I am glad that it, uh, it it brought about one of the great Bill Murray movies of all time. Solid movie. Solid movie. Like my penis. What are you talking about, DJ? Shadow? When you Your plug penis it in, it... Out in February, then it sees its own shadow, then it's six more weeks of 
celibacy. I thought he was talking about your power bit. When you plug it in, it goes dark for a few minutes. <laughs> oh, that that'd be quite a superhero power. I would indeed. All right, we won't talk too much Texas basketball, but we'll see if uh, the Baylor players are doing any horns down at the Moody Center tomorrow. Texas tries to get back in the win column at the Mood against ninth-ranked Baylor, tip-off at 11 o'clock. I haven't seen a Vegas line for that one. Ken Palm has Baylor winning by two. Uh, boy, Rodney Terry really win, uh, really needs a win for a number of different reasons, but feels like him personally, maybe more than the program itself, needs a victory to kind of calm Texas fans who are a little upset with the way things have gone with the basketball team lately. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Kirk Bowles just reported serious radios all over. Oh, I thought we might get a uh, another reaction from Rodney Terry about the horns down bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he did its coach's show last night. But hopefully he comes out at some point and is like, you know what? My bad. I overreacted. That was that was not good. Frustrated in the moments so that we can properly move on while continuing the count upwards. We need to like, I don't know if we need to write it into every new coach's contract. We need to do to send every new Texas coach through a program. And that program is specifically, I don't care how bad things get, how frustrated you are. Don't make a big deal out of the horns down. Don't. Just stop it. Nobody who has rooted for this program for as long as most of us have cares at this point. As a matter of fact, it's an enormous burden to all of us if you flip out over something like that. I agree. Maybe a clause in the contract that says you can be terminated with cause if you freak out over somebody else doing the horns down. Don't hate it. All right, maybe Texas basketball died so Texas football could be back. And the good news just keeps on coming for the Longhorn football program. Another transfer portal commitment last night. The tight end, Amari Nye Black, announced on Instagram that he is coming to Austin. Of course, spent the last couple of years at Alabama. He is the seventh transfer, uh, transfer portal player, easy for me to say, that the Longhorns have brought in this offseason. The third from the University of Alabama. Thank you very much, Nick Saban. Of course, Isaiah Bond, the receiver, announced his commitment last week. Kendrick Blackshire, the linebacker, announced his earlier this week. And last night, it was Amari Nyblack. Trey, we were all wondering what this group of pass catchers was going to look like in 2024. I mean, right after the loss to Washington, it felt like everybody who caught a pass from Quinn Ewers this season decided to go to the NFL. And that's not really hyperbole, right? The top five pass catchers for Texas in 2023 announced that they are going pro. And, of course, you had the three receivers and you had the tight end, Jatavion Sanders, in that mix. We were wondering what Texas was going to do to fill the void in that wide receiver room and at tight end. And they have brought in three receivers and now a tight end to replace the guys that are departing. A tremendous, tremendous job by Steve Sarkeesian and company to once again give Texas – a very close to elite, if not an elite group of pass catchers. Yeah, I've seen some people say, oh, this group could end up being better than the group that was just here. Maybe, but let's pump the brakes on that talk. Let's let this group be their own thing. Let's remember, we just had a record-setting tight end that was a part of things, and two guys who are likely going to be first or second round draft picks here in a couple of months with uh, Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell 
Jordan Whittington was a pure program guy. I guess Jonte Cook could qualify as that going into year two. Uh, but this does look like there's not going to be at least a huge drop-off in terms of overall performance from Quinn Ewers receivers in the 2024 season. And that's great. You already felt good about the prospects of things. They returned four or five offensive linemen and the quarterback from a group that was uh, so good through the air throughout the course of 2023. So to have this much talent in the room, not just at wide receiver, but now at tight end as well, to go along with Gunnar Helm, who people shouldn't be sleeping on Gunnar Helm either, is huge for the uh, the prospects of what this offense could be capable of next season. Yeah, Trey, I was worried about this passing game taking a step back because of all of the departures, but now I'm with you. Like I, I'm not saying the potential of the 2024 wide receiver slash tight end room is higher than what we just saw, but uh, there's reason to believe that the passing game could be even better overall in 2024. Most of that has to do with Quinn Ewers and expecting him to take another step. But if he takes a step similar in size to the one he took from his first year to his second year, and then you couple that with all of the talented guys that Texas just brought in on the outside, then yeah, I mean, this passing game could put up even more numbers than what they did this season. So it's awesome, man. Like wide receiver slash tight end went from a concern. Like, all right, I feel like Jonte Cook has potential. I feel like DeAndre Moore and Ryan Niblett, they all have potential. And Ryan Wingo and some of the other freshmen that Sark is bringing in in this class of 2024. I feel like those guys could be good. But now you know that oh, you've got receivers who already are good, right? They've proven at this level to be really good college football players. And then same thing with Amari Nyblack. Look, he's not Jatavion Sanders right now. I don't know if he'll ever be Jatavion Sanders. But he had a productive year at Alabama uh, obviously has been a part of some good teams and played in some big games during his time in Tuscaloosa. Like that guy is good. So it's just, it, it's crazy. The turnaround, it's a total 360 that Texas football has taken with the group of pass catchers going from these guys are great. Some of the best in the country to Holy shit. We have nothing to, Oh, great. We've got a chance to be really, really good offensively and maybe even better in the passing game next season. Roller coaster of emotion, BK, this offseason that only continues to get more and more fun, I guess, as we continue to get deeper into it. And it looks like Texas won't go after the Stanford tight end who is in the portal right now, which is fine. Still in play for Jabbar Muhammad. People feeling better about the Longhorns' chances of landing his services after he visited Wednesday and Thursday of this week. Still has an official trip to Alabama. Of course, his former coach is there and may very well end up at Oregon, which was the favorite, at least initially, when he announced his name into the transfer portal. But, boy, Steve Sarkeesian is continuing to fill me with optimism based on roster construction and roster management, even losing the caliber of guys that he is heading into this offseason to be able to replace them like he is through guys on the roster, in a sense, with the Jonte Cook, but going out and making sure you're finding established dudes who have a track record of success at the college level to help out with that part of the process is enormous. And it's a big reason why you're going to see Texas compete for an SEC title in their very first year in that conference. You feel good about that? I do feel good about that right now. Yes. Yeah. You've got I mean, continuity on the coaching staff, which is a big deal, including both play callers, of course, with Sark calling offense and Kwiatkowski calling defense. And I think that the areas of weakness from last year are potentially going to be areas of strength. I think you are going to be better at that defensive end spot, which proved to be an issue even last season, even though it felt like there were baby steps being taken uh, forward. And they've done a great job of reloading in the secondary. The secondary was the biggest problem for this football team last year. That was evident, unfortunately, in that loss to Washington. 
But whether or not Jabbar Muhammad ends up picking the Longhorns, even with Terrence Brooks on one side, but Malik Muhammad on the other, and just how improved safety play is going to be next year. To go along with Jade Barron, by the way, returning for another season, that's like found money right there. You like If there was anybody that I'm looking at on this roster on the defensive side of the ball, who I expected to be gone after this year, I mean, you could say the two interior defensive linemen. You're not wrong about that. But Johnny Barron, at a point in this year, was the MVP of this defense. I know he got dinged up before the Houston game, and his level of play fell off a little bit. I'm not sure how much of that is related to that injury, but the fact that he is coming back is enormous uh, for continuity purposes, but also to get such a supremely talented dude back on that side of the ball with a position group that struggled mightily this season. I'm with you. Yeah, Barron coming back to play that star position will allow Clemson transfer Andrew Makuba to play safety. Right, Makuba can play both. It was one of those conversations that would have needed to be had if Barron left. It's like, well, where do you put Makuba? Is he your new star guy or does he play safety? Well, now you feel good about that star position with Jade Barron. And uh, yeah, Makuba can play safety, which obviously is an upgrade over some of the guys that you were throwing out there in that Washington game. So you're right on Jade Barron. I agree 100%. And the best teams, they don't rebuild. They reload. It's what Georgia does. It's what Alabama does. It's what Ohio State does. It's what the teams that are constantly in the mix for big things in this sport do. And now it feels like that is what Texas is doing, which is a great, great thing. Yeah, Jabbar Muhammad. Talk about the cherry on top. I mean, this has been a great transfer portal class. It's uh, the seventh ranked overall transfer portal class. But if you look at just average quality per player, it's number two, just slightly behind Ohio State. The reason it's number seven overall is because, well, a bunch of the teams ranked ahead of Texas have a bunch more players coming in. So like AM right now has the number one transfer portal class, according to 24-7 Sports. Well, they've got 23 guys committed. Texas has seven guys committed. So there's uh, your difference right there. But in terms of just quality of player or the ranking of the player, uh, Texas is number two just behind the Ohio State University. Amari Nyblack, 20 catches last year, 327 yards and four touchdowns. Gunnar Helm, I think, 14 catches for him and a couple of touchdowns. I do want to show you this play. And Trey, I hope I did enough. Cut the sound out, and I, like, cropped the screen a little bit to try to avoid all sorts of copyright issues. So we're going to find out if this works together. But this is a play from the Texas-Alabama game. Amari Nyblack did score a touchdown against the Longhorns, and – uh this is uh, this is some of the stuff that I hope is coming to Steve Sarkeesian's offense this year. Ignore the drop snap and everything. There's Amari Nyblack, and look, there's one, two, three, four Longhorn defenders in the area. Now, it does look like a Charlie Strong defense with those missed tackles right there. Terrible tackling. I mean, good for Nye, for Nyblack there, but holy shit. Yeah, you get some UTSD watching this play because it was a disaster for the Longhorn defense. But still, it catches the ball around the 22-23. You see the speed. You see the broken tackle ability. You see two Texas guys tackle each other instead of tackling. I can't, I can't even pay attention to what he's doing. He actually did make a nice move on the, the first guy that he made miss. That last, <laughs> yeah, I know. that last little collision was just bad. I don't know. I don't think I have the ability to pause this here. Oh, but oh, boom. Uh, yep. One guy runs into the other, and then a third guy <laughs> comes in and runs into that guy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, thankfully, we can look back and laugh at that because uh, we won that game. But, yeah, um, yeah look, he's he. I, I heard uh, Lance Taylor, who does sports radio in Birmingham and has done, you know, covers Alabama football and 
uh, I think went to Alabama too. So he knows that program incredibly well. And he's tied into that program too. He, he gave the OJ Howard comparison for Amari Nye Black. And OJ Howard was a first round pick out of Alabama. Like he, he never put up amazing numbers, right? Like he wasn't doing what Brock Bowers was doing in school, just to give you an example of like an elite tight end in recent college football. But like he showed you flashes of like, oh no, this dude is really, really good. And uh, when he's on, he could be a difference maker. So once again, I don't know if he's JT Sanders. JT Sanders right now could be a first round pick. I don't know if that's the ceiling for Amari Nyblack, but uh, I think he's got some ability, a high four-star recruit. Hell, everybody who gets uh, offered a scholarship by Nick Saban, you know they've got some sort of natural talent. Nyblack's got that, made some things happen this past season, and hopefully in the Sark offense uh, with another year of college football under his belt, he can be a difference maker. And like you said, the combination of him and Gunnar Helm. I don't want to forget Gunnar Helm. Uh, the combination of those guys can hopefully come close to doing what Jatavion Sanders did for this offense the past two seasons. Yeah, it'd be nice. I think it's uh, going to be a bit more of a team effort, but I, I feel really good about the prospects. And tight end was one of those spots where even though Gunnar Helm looks like a dude who is going to be comfortable taking over as a starter, like want good depth everywhere. And Steve Sarkeesian likes running two tight end sets. So to get another uh, capable guy, a guy who is going to compete for starters minutes in that room is great for everybody because iron sharpens iron. Competition he gets greatness, a lack of competition. You can still get greatness there if somebody is that naturally talented, but uh, talented dudes push other talented dudes to be better versions of themselves. And that's uh, we have more of that now in the tight end room than we did yesterday before Nye Black did announce his commitment. Yeah, and I was a tad bit worried after the Nye Black news dropped last night that you know maybe Gunnar Helm is like, well, do I want to be a part of this? I mean, that's just that's how I am in today's college football, right? Like, you bring in a transfer at one position, I'm worried that the guy who was already on campus at that position is going to be thinking, maybe I don't want to be here. Maybe the writing's on the wall that I shouldn't be here. So I was like, all right, we'll just gun our helm because we all expected him to be the number one tight end, and maybe he still is. Like, And like you said, I still expect him to be a big part of this offense when we get to the fall. But Gunnar Helm did tweet out after the Nye Black news dropped, and he just tweeted one emoji. It was the smirk emoji. I'll pull up a picture here because I, I can't do it. Oh, are you trying to smirk like that? I don't even. How do you get? Well, I can't get my eyes to do that, number one. Ooh. I don't I don't think that's. <laughs> what? How does your face do that? That's not normal. I don't know. Why do my thumbs do this? Also not normal. But that's. Your face is, oh my God, dude, it's master of the sky shit. <laughs> or, did you ever play Mario Party? Yes. Those, those video games, they made like 30 of them. They're all awesome. I wish I still played them. They're fun as hell at any age. They are actually a lot of fun. We don't play a ton of it because we moved on to Smash Bros pretty quick. But yeah, it's a fun game. Yeah, Smash Bros better, but Mario Party, there was some of that played in college for sure. And they had that game, I think it was Mario Party, where you like, would try to drag the face to copy. They would give you like a picture of one of the characters yep. make, making a weird face, and you would have to like drag the face to make it look like that. That is what your face looked like right there. Someone did a shitty job dragging the face in a Mario Party game. <laughs> God, I hope no kids are watching right now. That is, 
That is terrifying. So <laughs> kids are watching too every day, not just right now. Yeah. If Gunnar Helm tweeted out your face, then I'd be worried he was transferring. But because he tweeted out this uh, normal looking smirk emoji, then I feel like we're okay. He's going to stay in Austin. I, if he tweeted out my face, I'd worried that he was either transferring or that he had a stroke. One of the two. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I guess I'd prefer the transfer. Yes, we would prefer the transfer, not the stroke. Yes. Yeah. Well, if he had a stroke but was okay, made a full recovery and stayed at Texas. Oh, the Bucky, Bucky Godbolt, age 30 stroke. Right. Here? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm aiming for neither, but those are my two options. Hold on. I think that's high praise for Gunnar Helm. Yeah. I want him here. All right. So, so there you go. There's uh, Texas football. Another commitment. We'll see who else is coming. Uh, Jabbar Muhammad, once again, got to be huge to get that guy. Um, Sark's pulling out all the stops this offseason. Shout out to the big money donor. You know, Trey, quick thought before we move on to the NFL playoffs and preview the divisional round and give our picks for these four games. I haven't really heard too many Texas fans complaining about over-involvement from big money donors. Remember how big of a deal that was for – I don't know, 10 to 15 years. It's like, that's why Texas can't win. The boosters get too involved. It's their fault. They need to stay in their lane and stop doing anything to the program. Don't hear that anymore, do we? No, we don't. And I know NIL obviously has a lot to do with that, but you also have to have a good coach. And that's what I've always said. You get good coaches, you get the right people in here at AD, at coach, and all the position coaches and assistants, whatever, then you're not going to be talking about the boosters because the boosters are going to be boosting this program. They finally got the hires right. No one's complaining about the boosters anymore, even though they are more involved than they've ever been. So shout out to the Texas One Fund and those of you who contribute to the University of Texas athletic programs because we're not dumb. These guys are coming here because of the money. Of course, Texas has a lot of other stuff to offer too, but the money for transfer players, massive. Ain't a coincidence that uh, this is all happening right now, Trey. Yeah, and I feel like they are pretty buttoned up, at least on the football side of things, too. It's why when the Bama job opened up, a lot of us, you and me included, are like, I don't know if the Bama job's better than the Texas job at this point. The Texas job feels like one of the best jobs in this current era of college football to be, to be successful. Because yep. of all the resources that you have behind you. It's why That's traditionally it. it's been thought of as a good job. And now that you can actually, sorry if this is, breaking the Santa Claus lie for some of you, but now that you can go out and pay guys to come play for you. Yeah. It becomes that much more of an advantage. Texas could have done this illegally. Like some other schools did. And they, they may did. have done this illegally in the past. Not as much as they should have allegedly. Allegedly, but Hey, flex your muscles a little bit. We've always talked about the resources that Texas have. And like you said, it's easier than ever to actually utilize those resources uh, to your advantage. So this has been a great offseason so far, and we'll uh, we'll see if we get more great news this weekend. Okay, let's give some love to some great sponsors. Speaking of great, how about a TV spot from our friends out at Covert BK? Hi, I'm Dan Covert with my wife, Hayden. Welcome to Covert BK. Our newest location in the gorgeous hill country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. 
Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about. Covert, born and raised in Austin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the Coverts. That Covert Bee Cave dealership is gorgeous. Hell, it's three dealerships. They're all beautiful. That is a uh, beautiful facility out there off of 71. Shout out to them. Also, we'll go AV Consultations live today, Trey. You cool with that? Sure. Do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? Oh, I can do it. Sure. Audiovisual <laughs> Consultations. That's the company that you need to go through to get that dream home theater set up. Like I have done numerous times, like BK has done a bunch. I think we've lost count at this point how many times AV Consultations has come out to his apartment or home to hook up uh, the Dream Home Theater setup in the living room. Also that multi-TV setup in various bedrooms, like what you see behind him right now. They do so much more than that, though. I'm not even going to start to tell you everything that they do. It is things like electrical system, security systems, automating everything throughout your house. We'd love to help with that and more. Go to avconsultations.com to see all the services they can provide for you. Once you decide on that service, you're going to give them a call at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678 for audio-visual consultations. Yes, indeed. Love Tom McKay. Love the crew at AVC. Also love that Altstad beer. Oh, yeah. If you're going to be watching football this weekend, of course you're going to be watching football this weekend. Make sure you've got some Altstad by your side. They've got a number of different brews, the lager, the Kolsch. Those are the two flagship beers. Those are my two favorites, but they've got more than that. The Hefeweizen is fantastic. The Altstadt Light, if you're trying to uh, cut back on the calories here in 2024, you could do that with Altstadt Light. The good news, though, you're not cutting back on taste. It'll be the best light beer you've ever had, and I say it all the time, guys and gals. One sip, and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. Whatever you're doing this weekend, Please make sure to drink Altstadt responsibly. Plan a sober, uh, sober ride home. Don't be an idiot. But uh, make sure you're enjoying your Altstadt beer. The official beer of BK, it should be the official beer of you as well. It's Altstadt beer. No impurities. No regrets. Trey, let's combine our NFL divisional round talk with our picks for the weekend, if you're okay with that. Sure. Um, we'll, we'll go in chronological order. And I think the game we want to talk about the most is the game that involves a Texas team. It's also the first game of the weekend. It's the Houston Texans coming off their beat down victory over the Cleveland Browns in H town last Saturday, going on the road for the first time in these playoffs to take on the top seed in the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore, a nine and a half point favorites. Uh, you can give your pick now or at the end, but just kind of your thoughts on the game and what chance do you give the Texans to not only cover, because that doesn't mean anything in the playoffs, it means something to your cousins, but what chance do you give the Texans to actually go on the road and uh, shock the world tomorrow? It does mean something if they cover but lose, BK. You were the first one to teach me that good teams win, great teams cover. So the Texans can lose but cover, and they will still be considered a great team when it's all said and done. Isn't that how the math works? That's not how the math works. All that right. only works when you win and cover. It doesn't work if you lose and cover. Otherwise, that statement makes no sense. Even though I am an NFL bastard and I pick teams year to year, I do find myself rooting for the Houston Texans in this game, BK. But unfortunately, as I continue to look at the specifics of this game and the temperature going to be in the 20s, it looks like, low 20s. It's also supposed to be pretty windy tomorrow. I'm feeling less good about the possibility of the Texans pulling off an upset. Mm. I think Baltimore 
probably does win this game because they're going to lean on a ground attack, whereas the Texans, and look, Devin Singletary was a huge pickup for this team this offseason. Antonio Pierce, nope, that's not his name. Damian Pierce has uh, not been nearly as good at that running back position as he was as a, as a rookie. Texans aren't quite good enough to run the ball to win a game like I think they're going to need to play tomorrow. Baltimore being off for as long as they have, resting their starters that final week of the regular season, getting the first round by, that does add some intrigue. But ultimately, I think that Baltimore, even more so than the San Francisco 49ers, because let's think about this. Those two teams did play near the end of the season, and Baltimore worked them. Baltimore has really been up to the task whenever they faced good competition throughout the course of this year and probably should be the Super Bowl favorites right now, too, as a result. So I do think that they handle business in a way that uh, has us thinking back to five of the six games from last weekend that weren't really close in the end. Mm, Yeah, good breakdown there. Something's got to give tomorrow. Lamar Jackson has never made it to an AFC championship game. His playoff record is not very good. He's 0-2 in this round of the playoffs. And uh, as great of a regular season as he had, he's probably going to win MVP. The big knock on Lamar Jackson is still that he hasn't won much in the playoffs. This feels like his best chance to get to an AFC championship game. Feels like it could be his best chance to get to a Super Bowl. He's got to prove he can get over that hump. And the Texans as a franchise have never been to the AFC championship game. They've been to this round of the playoffs four times. They're 0-4, losing by an average of 14.5 points. I guess the closest that they got to an AFC championship game would have been that game in Kansas City where they got up big. Yeah, they were up 24 to nothing against the Chiefs. Bill O'Brien's dumbass called a fake punt, and it literally turned the entire game on its head. And then Kansas City, forget winning, they ended up winning that game by 20-plus. It was a crazy turn of events. Yeah, so the Texans, God, they would have hosted the AFC title game that year too because that was when the six-seed Titans beat the one-seed Ravens and Lamar Jackson, and they ended up playing at Arrowhead uh, in a game I was at up in KC for the AFC title. Could have been Houston. But yeah, this is, uh, man, I mean, with C.J. Stroud, you talk about the weather. The good news for C.J. Stroud and Texans fans is that, well, he played in Columbus in college. See, it's not like a guy who played at Texas or Alabama who has no familiarity with playing in games where weather is a factor late in the year. But you're right. You want to be able to run the football, even though J.K. Dobbins got hurt early in the year for Baltimore. They have been the better running side between these two. Yeah, and it's not just the fact that it's going to be cold because I agree with you, C.J. Stroud and where he played college does neutralize that. It's the fact that at least right now it's supposed to be pretty windy at kickoff time, and so that makes it difficult to throw the football downfield. One of the things that C.J. Stroud has been really good at this year, he's been accurate all over the place, but he's been great with those deep balls, and that's just not going to be as available for him tomorrow. You're right. Yeah, these two teams played in week one. It was C.J. Stroud's first game. It was D'Amico Ryan's first game. And uh, the Ravens beat the breaks off of the Texans. 26-7 to was the final score there. Needless to say, the Texans are a lot better. Uh, but Baltimore's pretty damn good, too. So are you going You're going Texans to cover, but Ravens to win? Or are you going Ravens big? Yesterday, yeah. Yesterday, I had the Texans to cover and possibly pull off the upset. Now I'm to the point now where I feel like Baltimore ends up winning by 14-21, to though. Wow. Okay, we're on different sides there. Sorry, Texans fans. I mean, I'm picking Baltimore to win, but I think uh, I just I, I got too much faith in C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryan's, and too many too many concerns with Lamar Jackson in the playoffs to this point to to pick a blowout. So I would love to be wrong about that. That that would be a game 
Uh, actually, if they just cover but lose, I would love for the Texans to win that game. But if they're going to lose, I need them to get blown out so I can uh, I can put you away. I'll be uh, I'll be downing my Texans polo on Monday if they uh, if they pull off the upset this weekend. From your time in H Town, did you get a free Texans polo? Yeah, the guy I lived with worked for the Texans for a while, so he he I, came through. Yeah, he came through and free tickets too. But any any homeless guy could have gotten free tickets to the Texans when I lived there. He should have paid me to go to those games. I don't like my friend anymore. Uh, Game two, tomorrow night, Packers and Niners. I think you and I are going to be on different sides on this one, unless you've changed your stance on this from yesterday. Another big line, San Francisco, nine and a half point favorites. Of course, Green Bay went into Dallas last weekend, and we all remember what they did. San Francisco coming off the bye. They're the top seed in the NFC an NFL record 10th playoff meeting between these two historic franchises. Uh, San Francisco holds a 5-4 edge through the first nine, if you care about that type of thing. Uh, I guess I got to go first here, right, with the pick? I do. Beat down. Niners beat down. I made the comp yesterday. I made it this morning. Sorry for everyone having to hear it again. This it, It's going to be how Longhorn fans felt watching Washington play Michigan mm. last week, where it's like, how is this the same team that beat us? Like they look so good against us. Why are they looking so bad against them? What what's going on here? I think that's what's going to happen. Like Green Bay, Green Bay played an amazing game. There's no doubt they did just about everything right against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys did just about everything wrong too. That helps. Uh, but San Francisco is a different beast. They're awesome in this round of the playoffs. They've been awesome at home in the playoffs under Kyle Shanahan. I think the rest is uh, going to do them good. And like where the Packers dominated, they ran the ball. Cowboys linebackers suck. Like Damone Clark and Marquise Bell are awful. And they were kind of covered up by other guys on that defense throughout the course of the year. The Niners have Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, the two best linebackers maybe in the league. Green Bay ain't going to be able to run. And I know Jordan Love's been a great story this year, but he ain't good enough to to win by himself. I, I like the Niners, and I think it's like 17 to 21, Trey. 17 yeah boy it's it's so tempting to go with green bay and my guess is that there's quite a bit of money coming in on the packers that sort of uh little picture knee-jerk reaction to what they did the cowboys last weekend but as you talk about those things and i think about the 49ers had a weakness on defense this year that is covering the pass i just don't know if i trust those green bay receivers enough i know jordan love was making a lot of throws last weekend Nervous picking Green Bay in a game where San Francisco has been so good for much of this season. I mean, that Baltimore game was an aberration. This game is in the Bay Area. Does the three weeks off do something? The guys who didn't play that last week of the regular season. You know what? I, at this point, I'm just going against you here just to try and make things a little bit more interesting one way or the other. So give me Green Bay. I don't think that they win, but I think that they do figure out a way to cover. I think that they continue some of that momentum from last Sunday into this week's game. I wouldn't be surprised to see them playing a close one with San Francisco at the half, and then San Francisco figures out a way to pull pull away or take a lead and hold on at the end. All right, on to Sunday. Bucks at Lions, maybe the least sexy on-paper matchup of the four that we have this weekend. Tampa Bay looked awesome against Philadelphia, uh, but we know what Philadelphia turned into down the stretch. Detroit survived. They got some help by the officials, too, against the Rams, but I don't feel bad for the Rams. They've gotten a ton of huge calls in their favor over the last five years, so F them. 
Detroit, a six and a half point favorite. Trey, you have the honors. I am rooting for the Lions. I think the Lions ultimately do win, but I also see this. Boy, this is, you know, it's, it's always about the matchup, right? This is not a great matchup for them because the one thing Tampa Bay does well on offense is throw the football, and the Lions haven't been very good at defending against the pass this year. So I think Tampa does stick in this game. Ultimately, Detroit probably wins in that three to four point range. But give me the Bucks to cover, please. All right. Well, I got to make up some ground, so I'm picking uh, Detroit here. But in all honesty, wrong team favored. I think the Bucks win. Wow. But I'm going with Detroit for the sake of our picks. Let's let the record show. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what it is, man. I, I, I did not feel super encouraged by Detroit and. There's a lot of pressure on them last week because it had been 30 years since they'd won a playoff game. Maybe that was part of it. Uh, it. It's been since 1957 where they've won two playoff games in the same year, which is the most hilarious stat of all time. Thanks, Bobby Lane. But I, I like the Bucks. I like the Bucks to win. But once again, taking Detroit minus six and a half for this. So Baker, Baker, NFC championship game maker? Yes, indeed. Wow. They are going to get fucking smoked by San Francisco if that happens. Yes, indeed. Last but not least, Sunday night. Oh, Sunday night. Thought you were going to go to an O Canada. Right oh, now. I'd have to stand up for that. Pay my respects. Oh, Canada. How many words do you know on that one? That's it. <laughs> I think that's where most Americans uh, stop, too, for that song. I only know the words because of hockey. Yeah, that's really really it. I just watch a lot of hockey, so I've got to deal with that. Uh, Chiefs-Bills, Sunday night. Man, these two teams have played a couple of epic playoff games in the Mahomes-Allen era. It's the seventh time that these two quarterbacks will play overall. They're 3-3. and The Bills have been the better team in the regular season, including a regular season win in Kansas City this year in the game where Kadarius Toney lined up uh, 18 feet offsides. That cost the Chiefs go ahead touchdown down the stretch. Um, but the Chiefs, once again, have had the Bills number in the playoffs. They're 2-0 and in the postseason. Both of those games were at Arrowhead. First road game ever in the playoffs for Patrick Mahomes. I guess I got to go first here, huh? Yep. Boy, I made a mistake betting against Patrick Mahomes last week, didn't I? Last second change going from Chiefs to Dolphins, and I knew how stupid it was. Yeah. I'm going to do it again. Fuck it. I'll do it again. Bills, it's their time. It's their time. It's two and a half right now. Bills by a field goal. Three would have killed me. I might have honestly gone Chiefs if it was plus three because I feel like it would have been a push. But now the line is down to two and a half. So I think Buffalo wins it by three. I think they finally get over the Mahomes hump and the Auto hump. And uh, I like Buffalo in Orchard Park. What say you? All right, I'm going to return the favor because I actually do feel the same way that you do, that Buffalo wins the game by three or four points. But for the sake of having four different picks this week, wrong team favored, BK. Kansas City has figured it out at the right time. Pat Mahomes lives in AFC Championship games, shit, if not the Super Bowl most years. Kansas City pulls off the upset in Buffalo on Sunday night. Mm. All right, I'm rooting for it. Go Chiefs. But... um... I don't see it happening. All right, four different picks this weekend. So congrats to the Ravens, Packers, Lions, and Chiefs. Those are the teams that Trey has. I would advise you betting on them. 
and not betting on the teams that I bet on. That's, this, that's, is, this is either about to be over with or you're about to be even with three games to go and a chest waxing on the line. That would be something for sure. All right, quick shout-out to Olipop, the best soda that you could find. Soda that's also good for you. New Year's resolutions, if one of them is to be a little healthier in the new year, um, Olipop makes it easy because you love soda. Everyone loves the taste of soda. Well, you can get that same great soda taste, but you can also get health benefits that Olipop brings to the table. You don't have to worry about putting battery acid into your system. Uh, None of the sugars, none of the ridiculously high calories, the fat, all that crap that goes into soda. You don't have to worry about that with Olipop. You get nine grams of fiber in every can, plus less than five grams of sugar, hardly any calories. I'm telling you, this stuff is good for you, and it also tastes great, which is what matters most. Let's be honest. Get you some wherever you buy your groceries. It is Olipop. And Trey, Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. That's right. If you have pest problems here in Central Texas, your home, maybe your place of business. Best Wranglers would love to help you out. They've been doing so since 2006. That was when our guy Steve, aka Cooter, founded Pest Wranglers. He founded Pest Wranglers on a motto, y'all. Effective, reliable, affordable. They are all of those things. They also provide exceptional customer service, as is evidenced by all the five-star ratings and reviews on Google, Yelp, and elsewhere. Go to the website, pestwranglers.com, to find out more info and to get that free eval. And Pest Wranglers is a sponsor of... Where are we at in society today? That's right. It is your regular look at stories that show flying on airplanes is completely fucked in 2024. <laughs> Dude, I'm not even kidding you. I am getting three new stories on a daily basis, and I'm having to choose which of the three to go with. So let me... Give you, actually, I only have two pulled up right now. So we're only going to do go with two today. But let me give you the two options. Okay. Side. Terrifying footage shows Boeing 747 engine on fire over Miami. That's video based. And then we have this doozy. American Airlines flight attendant arrested after teen reports phone taped to toilet seat. Whoa, second one for sure. All right. Well, you know what? We're we're gonna do them both. I'm gonna show you the video of this flight. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna show you the video anyhow. I'm just a nice guy like that. If I can. <sighs> Here we go. Okay. All right. Here we go. Filibuster, filibuster, filibuster. Yeah, just have some some uh, silence. Silence is golden. Filibuster. Hardly know her. <laughs> Doesn't work as well as some of the other ones. Here we go. All right. Yeah. You can't hear this, but the people at home can. Oh, my God. It's on fire. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. It's on fire. Mom! Hey. Holy shit. I hope they're okay. I wonder if they're doing an emergency. Jet engine on fire. Hey, message to the girl filming. Shut up, bitch! God. Could you actually hear that? That one I did hear, yeah. Oh, okay. It's on fire! 
oh my gosh, mom, it's on fire. I mean, I guess if Stevie Wonder was watching that, that would have come in clutch, but we, we could see that, all right? God, dang. Um, that's not good. No plane went down, right? So no, no harm, no foul? No, they were able to shut the engine off. So the fire stopped. <sighs> Apparently the plane landed okay, but we have... Another example of shit hitting the fan or shit hitting the jet engine, I guess. Mid-flight, this plane is th tens of thousands of feet in the air, and all of a sudden an engine catches fire. Weirdly, 2023, I think, is the first year in decades that there wasn't a domestic plane crash in the U.S. I believe I read that the other day. 2024 is off to a terrible start in that regard, though. It feels like something is inevitable. Hmm. You're saying we're due? I kind of feels like it. Yeah. Especially mm. with all these videos cropping up of paneling, popping off and engines catching fire. Yeah. And shitting themselves all over the plane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Instead of a uh, plane crashes, now we're just getting incidents with people on the plane, losing their minds. The planes themselves were fine last year, but uh, the people inside of them, not so much. Not good. Damn. All right. We need, we need flight prices to go down then. Oh, hopefully these stories will at least help the airlines. Uh, actually hook us up with a little bit of a sale because flight prices are bonkers these days. No better time to fly Alaska Airlines after that paneling popped off. All right, as far True. as the uh, story that we are actually getting to today, uh, less about a safety concern with the airplane and more about a creep who was working on the airplane. An American Airlines flight attendant accused of recording minors while they used the plane lavatory was arrested on Thursday. Estes Carter Thompson III allegedly attempted to record a 14-year-old female passenger as she used the bathroom aboard an American Airlines flight from Charlotte to Boston on September 2nd of 2023. The 37-year-old airline employee is also accused of recording four other girls ages 7, 9, 11, and 14. Well, this person belongs in hell as they went to the bathroom during the flight. Thompson, who was working as an attendant on the September 2nd flight to Boston, approached the 14-year-old while she waited for an occupied bathroom in the main cabin and escorted her to an unoccupied first-class bathroom, according to the charging documents. Before the girl went in, Thompson told her that he needed to wash his hands and that the toilet seat was broken before he briefly entered the bathroom. This is complex here, Thompson. After he came out of the bathroom, the teen entered and noticed red stickers on the underside of the toilet seat lid. Brilliant which was in the open position that stated in handwritten black ink, inoperative catering equipment removed from service and seat broken. The victim used her phone to take a picture of the red stickers that allegedly concealed an iPhone placed beneath them before leaving the bathroom. Thompson then re-entered the lavatory immediately afterwards, as we can only assume to grab the camera. When Whoa. she returned to her seat, the 14-year-old told her parents what she had seen and showed them the photo. Her parents notified other flight attendants on board who notified the captain. The captain, in turn, notified law enforcement on the ground. Holy shit, that was a complex way to try and film underage kids using the restroom. Disgusting. Yeah. Oh, my God. So he taped his phone to the toilet seat and then said seat broken so they couldn't flip the seat down so his exactly. phone wouldn't fall in. Wow, that is detailed. That is intricate right there. And that guy is a piece of shit. I mean, yeah. What was his name? Robert Sylvester Kelly? 
Is that it? <laughs> By chance? That is not it, but perhaps oh. related. Investigators said in a search of this guy's iCloud account, it revealed four instances between January and August of 2023 that appeared to show minors using lane bathrooms, along with over 50 images of a nine-year-old unaccompanied minor, including images of the child seated pre-flight and close-ups of her face as she slept. In addition, hundreds of AI-generated child porn images were allegedly stored on his iCloud account as well. All right. Bury this guy under the jail, please. I, I think you just put him in the jail with the, the most hardened of criminals and let these hardened criminals know exactly what this person is guilty of. Goodness gracious, dude. He wasn't very good at it either. Only no. four? He was only successful, I guess, three times because the fourth one is when he got caught. This guy needed a better plan here, dude. I mean, he's taping his phone to a toilet seat and writing out by hand. I mean, I'm, I'm getting pictures of the the eat more chicken cows on the Chick-fil-A billboards. <laughs> toilet seat broken. Equipment needs to be moved. Yeah, he's misspelling every word. Yeah. Half the letters are in caps. Half of them are lowercase. Got a K backwards like uh, like the like he just struck out looking. Oh, my God. Yeah, this guy sucks, but he's got to do better if he's trying something like this. Camera on the toilet seat, too. That's not hidden at all. That's like, that's where you look. I know. You go to the bathroom. That's like what you look at. You look at the seat. I don't get it. Why are you putting it there, dude? Don't get it. Like, I mean, I, that room is so small. I don't know where the hell you're hiding a cell phone in that thing. Like, idiot. Screw that guy. He, he should be arrested for also being dumb. I mean, mainly the other stuff, but also for being dumb. That should add to his lifetime punishment that he's hopefully about to serve. Secondary charge, being dumb. Primary charge, trying to video minor, minors using the restroom. Mm, Jerry I Epstein. I don't care the age. What, what is the appeal there of watching other people use the restroom? Uh, I don't know. Disgusting. Disgusting. Better. Yeah. One level of disgusting. I know there are people who are foot fetishes. I have a, a foot abhorrence if such a thing exists. Even greater abhorrence to watching other people use the restroom. Yeah. I'll take the feet over the bathroom deal, but I'll go door number three if that's possible. What is that? Like both at the same time? <laughs> no. The opposite <laughs> of that. I think Zay's a big feet guy. Ooh, Zay, you a foot man. guy? Oh boy! Hell no, no, absolutely uh, I, not. I get I get Zay confused with Rex Ryan a lot. That's a classic mix-up. <laughs> yeah, Rex yeah. Ryan, Steph Curry, apparently. Oh, Steph's a foot guy too. Oh yeah, his wife outed him a few years ago, but that viral clip went around social media last week where she was on the reel bragging about. Instead of sending nudes of her in her birthday suit, she sends pictures of her feet to Steph. And oh. he loves it. He loves it. So, I mean, I'd have a foot fetish if I had a jump shot like that, but I don't have a jump shot like that. So I'll pass on the feet. You know what I'm saying? Well, in fairness to Steph, he is surrounded by so many ugly feet in the locker room, too. Basketball players notoriously have horrific feet because of how often you're running around lateral movement going back and forth in those shoes yeah slamming those toenails into the 
front end of the shoe yep. causing them to die turn black fall off oh hi hey chip are you a foot guy no yeah. no because <laughs> my feet are mangled tree branches yeah so i i can't even i can't even think about someone else's I've got hammer toes also, Chip. Yeah, my own feet disgust me. There's no way I'm going to be attracted to somebody else's foot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What's, on, what's on the docket today, gentlemen? Oh, you know, Amari Nye Black is uh, joining the Longhorns. I think I set off the Alabama fan base yesterday with a tweet that I made about how it's uh, clear that Alabama players were taking less NIL money to play for Nick Saban. And now that he's gone, those, you know, the, those deals are off because Lance Taylor came on our show yesterday, who's covered Alabama and Birmingham forever and said that players were going to Nick Saban saying, uh, can we up the NIL money? And that that may have been part of the driving force for why Saban got out and now with 27 players in the portal putting Caleb Downs and all the players Texas just picked up Isaiah Bond who's been what he sent out something where he was driving a Lamborghini of Austin car hmm. so now all of Alabama's like oh yeah yeah Makes sense to me. Leveled the playing field. That, uh, Alabama had one of the top 10 recruits in this year's class, and he he uh, asked out of his letter of intent as soon as Nick Saban announced that he was retiring. Hmm. Nick yeah, Saban didn't all... act like they weren't paying guys prior to that. The price went up, though, and they hadn't been able to stick with it, or maybe they were choosing not to up to a certain point. Yeah, they got to reorganize uh, re, uh, their collective, figure out what what their market is. Mm, Jer Jerry Seinfeld. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Just That's all business. It is. Standing just on business. business. Oh man. All right, fellas, we'll be locked in. Y'all have a great show and a great weekend. Appreciate it, fellas. Happy Appreciate y'all.